Hello, Texans, and welcome to the podcast. What a week it's been for your Texans. The Texans are playing the only undefeated team in the National Football League. You know who's watching this one? Whoever's left of the 1972 Miami Dolphins. Look, it's a little early. Do you remember when the Colts were threatening or the Patriots were threatening to have their undefeated seasons back in the O's and Mercury Morris would get interviewed and say, look, when you're on my block, when you're down my street, maybe you can talk to me, but you're not there yet. And he was absolutely right, except for the New England Patriots who went all the way to the Super Bowl and eventually lost to the New York Giants. Uh, As far as the Cardinals go, yeah, they might be undefeated, but they're not even in the city yet of Mercury Morris and that 72 Dolphins team, which went undefeated without dominating opponents, really. You look at Bob Greasy, not playing for the bulk of that season. It was Earl Morrill. When you say the name Earl Morrill, you have to say it like John Facenda used to say it on NFL Films. You just have to. Trust me. In fact, I met Earl Morrill in Miami when I worked there as the voice of the Hurricanes, and that was one that really got me because I've only seen him on NFL Films and only heard his name pronounced as Earl Morrill. Anyway, he was the quarterback for the bulk of that 72 undefeated season. They would bludgeon people with their ground game. Jim Mandich played on that team as a tight end, and a lot of you have not heard of him, but he was a good tight end, went to Michigan, and he was a great talk show host on WQAM, my old station in Miami, and I had the pleasure of working with him a few times, and he's no longer with us, as many of the 72 Dolphins are no longer with us. But anyway, that's the only undefeated team in NFL history, soup to nuts. Harder to do it today, more games, right? More scouting, more information on these teams, free agency, etc. Anyway, the Cards doing their best, but we hope it stops on Sunday and whoever's left of the 72 Dolphins can celebrate because the Texans, I am here to say, do have what it takes to pull off an upset. Yes, they do. What they need to do is play clean, get the ground game going somehow. It was going for a while last week. Mark Ingram looked pretty good. They had some seams. They were running the ball okay. They just couldn't finish drives. Davis Mills had some moments as well. They just couldn't get the ball in the end zone, and obviously that's a big recipe in a win. The week before they did it against a good defense with the New England Patriots, they're on the road again this week. This is going to be a wild atmosphere. There is a possible look-ahead game with the Cardinals and Packers getting together a few days later. Look, I don't know if I put much stock into look-ahead games. They'll be pretty focused. A lot of veterans on that team and a lot of good young players as well. Kyler Murray. We're going to get into all this with Dave Pash, the voice of the Cardinals. This is interesting. Now, I did write a piece, as I am required to every week by my editor, who may or may not exist. Uh, It's a travel piece. It's sponsored. And every time we go on the road, I write a piece about the city we're going to. And the joke is that I just write it off the top of my head, which is true. I do do a quick Google search to see if I'm missing any big tourist attraction in the city the Texans are headed. But uh, this week, Phoenix, you know, if you Google tourist attractions in Phoenix, it's not voluminous. You get the Grand Canyon. Well, that's about three to four hours away you get Sedona well that's two hours away now you can hike Camelback Mountain you could do that Uh, there are some other things to see as well in Phoenix I like in Phoenix in a way other than the weather in the winter which is terrific although it does get a little chilly it's kind of like Houston great place to live not the greatest place to visit that's how I look at Phoenix great place to live not necessarily the greatest place to visit but it is a big event town it's kind of like Houston and L.A. had a baby in the desert. That's what Phoenix is. 
And I was joking in this article that, yeah, I've been to the owners' meetings and I've covered bowl games there and done NFL games. Well, the average, quote, tourist cannot do those things. He can go to the bowl game. He can go to an NFL game. He can't go to the owners' meetings, which is fantastic, by the way. Just a terrific event. And I do my best in taking you there with me on the air or however we can do it visually. So I do my best with that. Uh, hopefully we have another owners' meetings this year because we missed the last two due to COVID restrictions. Let's get on to the interview, shall we? It's Dave Pash, who you've seen on ESPN plenty of times. Saturday night has the Ohio State-Indiana call, and he does college football every week, a ton of college basketball. He is from Syracuse. He did the Orangemen for a while on the air. I believe he and I came into the NFL, we did, the same year, 2002. Pash started with the Cardinals when I started with the Texans. We have very different lives outside of the NFL play-by-play. I did shows on 610 for the first 10 years of franchise history. Now I'm here with the Texans, uh, with the digital video department, digital media, social media, all of the stuff we do here, all of our radio shows. He moonlights as the ESPN guy. Anyway, let's get into it. Dave Pash, voice of the Arizona Cardinals. Dave, just three short years ago, you had a 3-13 and record. The team drafts Kyler Murray. The rest is history. Not so much, not so fast, really. But tell me about this rebuild. Obviously, it's going well right now at 6-0. and Yeah, Mark, good to talk to you, man. First of all, it, it does feel like that never happened that year. That three-win season, Steve Wilkes, the head coach, Josh Rosen and Sam Bradford were the quarterbacks. Sam Bradford started the year, and then they inserted Rosen, who was their first-round pick. And then, you know, they just did a complete wash the following year and drafted another quarterback for the second straight year and hired a coach that had been a head coach, but not in the NFL. And, you know, it took some time. Uh, but I think the team that Steve Kine, the GM, has assembled, the, the personnel surrounding Kyler Murray uh, and the leadership surrounding him has put him in the best position to succeed. And, you know, there's there's times I mean, I remember when the Cardinals last started uh, when they started four and when they got their fourth win. It was the first time since 2012. And that team finished five and 11. And you, you remember <laughs> when that team started four and like you knew they weren't good. They got lucky. And but this team's different. You know, a win at Tennessee, a win at Cleveland, a win at the Rams home against the Niners. I mean, they've got some quality wins and some convincing wins. So it feels a lot different right now. Well, let, take me through the Murray decision because, look, it's working out very well, but there's so much uncertainty when you draft a guy high. You just had Rosen selected by the franchise, and then they go for Murray, who has a unique skill set. It's outstanding, obviously. And, again, it's working out, but – what was the feeling around the organization and around the city when they went for that pick? Well, I, I think because the, the previous year was so bad that people were fine with it. You know, it wasn't like there were a lot of people questioning why you would take a quarterback again. You know, Josh Rosen played okay, but it wasn't like he lit it up and you were convinced that he was the guy. Um, in fact, you know, there probably were some people that said, oh, you should take Nick Bosa and build around Josh Rosen. But I think when they watched the film, they saw what you know we're seeing now, that Kyler Murray is just different. He's so unique. He's a special talent, and it's you know he's a once in a lifetime player. So you got to pull the trigger and you live with it. And you know the 
the other moves that they've made, you know, it's, it's one thing to draft a guy and then not to compliment him with talent and give him a good offensive line. You know, the trade for Rodney Hudson, although he's out right now, the trade for DeAndre Hopkins, the signing of, you know, J.J. Watt. Obviously, you're familiar with both those guys. Those, you know, those go a long way to help a quarterback have success. All right. As a play-by-play guy, I have to tell you this about Hopkins. There were many occasions where I couldn't believe he caught the ball, where it would be on the sideline, and it seems like his body is two yards out of bounds, and uh, there's no way he got that one. And, Mm -hmm. oh, my gosh, they're going to rule it a catch. Well, let's look at it. Oh, yeah, the toes got down. He had maybe one of those a game, it felt like, when he was here and I was calling the games. How do you see his abilities from the booth, doing what you do and his craft? Oh, yeah, exactly the same way. First of all, I just can't get over how big his hands are. He Mm -hmm. looks like he's holding, like, two buckets. He's got just enormous hands. Um, he's had a couple catches, you know, the, the Hail Mary last year, but some other plays where, how, how did he catch that ball? Like how on earth did he get his feet down and catch the ball? He had a touchdown last week where he spun away from three guys. I mean, he just, to me, he's the best receiver in the NFL and he's been that for several years. And he, he just does things that most guys can't. And then, you know, you couple him now with, you know, there was a lot of attention with him last year. Mm-hmm. But now you get A.J. Green. Christian Kirk's playing better. Rondale Moore is a big piece. Now you add Zach Ertz. It's just, he, you can't worry solely about DeAndre Hopkins like you could last year. And they're moving him around a little bit more than they did last year, too. But yeah, he, he's flat out amazing. Dave Pash, voice of the Arizona Cardinals, joining us on Texans Radio. All right, we all saw the Watt sack with Mayfield getting hurt on the play last week, but how is Watt doing in general, in your opinion? I know he does a lot of things that don't really show up on the stat sheet very often. Right, yeah. Yeah, last week, though, from a production standpoint, was his best game. The week prior to that was his best game. So, he, you know, he's kind of stacking his best games as a Cardinal on top of each other. So he's getting better each week. Uh, he's been a menace. He's been a force. You know, they have not had Chandler Jones the last few games. They've had some other guys hurt. And then with all the COVID stuff last week, you know, it it obviously impacted the offense without Cliff Kingsbury and others. But, you know, there were some players on defense that were not available because of COVID, including Corey Peters. And they didn't even know that until game day. And he's part of the rotation. You know, they're not playing J.J. Watt probably as much as he played in Houston. But, you know, his leadership, like, you know, last year, the Cardinals a lot of times played down to their opponent, and I've never felt that that's, you know, really on the coach. It's more on the locker room, mm-hmm. and you've got a group right now, and J.J. Watt's a big reason why, you know, this – they're not going to let you have a, a letdown. They're not going to allow that, and that's something that wasn't here last year, and so J.J. Watt's a big reason why the Cardinals are where they are right now because of his leadership. Tell me something about Kingsbury, because when the story broke after he was hired about he's going to give players cell phone breaks during meetings, it seemed preposterous almost at the time. And then I look back on that now, I think that's just a really great idea. And the attention spans being what they are, mine included, I think it's a phenomenal idea. Tell me about that aspect of him, the way he can appeal to the players and and live with their vibe. Well, two things about Cliff. First of all, I, I don't know that I've ever seen anybody that works harder 
this guy is in there at like 3.30, 3.45 in the morning. Steve Kime told me a story uh, that he couldn't sleep. This was after, I think, the Rams game. Couldn't sleep, went to the office at 3.30, and Cliff's car is there. And Cliff's in his office. You know, he, he goes to bed early, gets up early, and grinds. So, you know, there was – and I knew Cliff from college, having covered him at Texas Tech and A&M and even going back to Houston a little bit. And, look, he's – you know, he deserves some credit for the development of Patrick Mahomes and Baker Mayfield and Case Keenum. I mean, the, the quarterback – the three quarterbacks that were in the game last week, you know, he's touched all of them. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I've always felt Cliff from a just – you know, knowing the quarterback position and knowing offense, you know, the guy is brilliant. And then when it comes to just his personality, he, he does have a little bit of an edge to him that I think is coming out more and his personality is coming out more, which is great because he's got a great personality. He's a great guy. And I think players know that. Like, they know with him, you're, what you see is what you get. He's not going to tell you something and then do something different behind the scenes. He is who he is. And that, that goes a long way especially with veteran players and, and they have a veteran team. So when you bring in JJ Watt and AJ green, and you've got other guys on this team that are over the age of 30, you know, when you've got a head coach like that, 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 that makes a big difference when there is a trust factor there. And then, you know, he relates to young guys. He's been recruiting. He's used to recruiting. He's used to, you know, being able to relate to those guys. So um, it's, you know, I, I'm just, I'm happy for him that things are working out this year because, I felt some of the criticism last year, you know, was not warranted. Well, we were kind of teasing David Cully about not having Kingsbury's house, you know, not having the gigantic glass windows and the fireplace roaring and, you know, the the wardrobe and everything. He said, yeah, absolutely, I don't have that. Uh, yeah, I don't, I don't know if you does. do. Okay. No, no, nobody. I've never seen a house like that. Never. <laughs> that was awesome. Uh, Dave, tell me something about the Cardinals that's not getting a lot of pub outside of Phoenix, say a player or two or an aspect of the team that you feel is not getting the recognition it needs right now. Well, I think their defense is really good. Vance Joseph's done a great job. That's probably one. You know, I think Vance will get another chance to be a head coach if the Cardinals keep winning. The other is Colt McCoy. Mm. Uh, You know, Kyler Murray looked up to him, idolized him growing up. And so the move of bringing Colt was a calculated move to provide another voice and another person that Kyler respects. And I think Colt just has a way about him when he speaks to Kyler. I mean, he was involved in, you know, last week with some of, you know, everything that was going on in terms of the operation without Cliff Kingsbury and without, you know, the quarterback coach. You know, he, he was involved. He was talking to Kyler a lot more. Not that he didn't before, but it just felt like it was more than usual, just kind of watching what was going on. So I, w- I would say those two things, Mark, the defense and you know Colt McCoy and his importance to the team. All right, Dave, you're going to call Ohio State and Indiana for ESPN or ABC really this week, ESPN on ABC. But tell me about being a national guy, doing those big-time college games and everything else you do for ESPN and then being the voice of the Cardinals. And it's got to feel so different when you're the home team guy, but you're also a national guy, and you have to shift gears into that. What's that like for you? Well, as you know, Mark, the, one of the best things about doing a team is you, you get to be a fan. You get to, you know, be a part of it. You get to, you know, feel good when there's a win and, you know, have it hurt a little bit when there's a loss and when you go through a tough season. Uh but you get the thrill of, I mean, I just remember the Super Bowl run of what that felt like. I'll never forget it. And, 
I love my job at ESPN. I, you know, I love every game I get, every assignment I don't take for granted. But there definitely is a difference when you're doing a game where you feel like there's something on the line for you a little bit. And I'm sure that comes out when you broadcast the game. Uh, you know, you and I, we're the, we're the conduit to, to the fan that's listening. And, you know, they want to feel our joy and experience our pain as well. And so I kind of, I, I just, I kind of, it's me. When I'm calling that game, it's, it's me. Mm-hmm. You know, and then when you do a national game, obviously you're being unbiased. And TV, as you know, is a lot different. You're doing more storytelling. It's probably mm-hmm. more of an analyst medium than play-by-play where, you know, you and I are doing most of the talking. But, you know, TV, your, your analyst is involved more. And, you know, you have broadcast elements, you have graphics, all these things you have to get in. A lot of big picture stuff, you know, promos, all that. Where with, you know, the, the radio, you're, you're just doing the game. And, and it's really about your team. So it is very different. But, I mean, man, it's been, I think it's my 18th year, ESPN 20 with the Cardinals. So it's, you know, I've been doing it so long. I just, I guess I just kind of default to, to, to either one. It's not, I don't really think about which one I'm doing. I just kind of, I guess I'm so used to just, you know, your routine and instincts just kind of take over. Well, you do a fantastic job, my friend. And it's great to talk with you. Look forward to seeing you in the booth on Sunday. Yeah, Mark, anytime, man. Look forward to seeing you, bud. There's our buddy Dave Pash, voice of the Arizona Cardinals on the podcast, and it's so great to have you listening, as always. Check out all the other podcasts wherever you got this one or wherever fine podcasts are available. Airtime is 325 on Sunday. It's live on Sports Radio 610 and the Bull 100.3 FM, and it might be live wherever you're listening to this right now. So check it out. Have a great weekend. Go Texans. Go Texans.